You're listening to Let's Talk a Little Shop with me, Stephanie Baringhilly, your professional podcasting resource for staying on trend and connecting you to the news that matters in the retail world. Let's Talk a Little Shop. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk a Little Shop. I'm your host, Stephanie Baringhilly. And joining us today, we have a real treat. We have the Chief Marketing Officer at Yesway, Derek Gaskins. Derek, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Stephanie, and certainly glad to be here. So I am all over LinkedIn, and I check everything that your company does, what you do, because you guys are doing it right on so many different levels. And I think you were just recently nominated as the top 25 executives of Washington, (laughs) D.C.? Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, Certainly was very proud or am very proud and was certainly humbled by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a native Washingtonian, so born and raised in Southeast DC and okay. have lived all over. And much as you said, trying to keep up with Yesway means that I'm constantly on the go. And the company is about growth. And so yeah. from that aspect, I have been very fortunate to be charged with leading some of that growth and joined when we had about 40 stores and now we're up to 440 and rapidly growing, but that means that I'm always on the go and traveling and on the road and in stores. And uh, right now, though, I happen to be in in my office. So that's one of the times that I'm sitting still, let's say. How does it feel? Does it feel good to be back in the office or are you ready to hit the road already? (laughs) I think I'm ready to get back out there. No, but it, you know, feels great uh, catching up and really can't take the place of the disruption that COVID caused the past couple of years. So anytime you can be in the office and uh, with peers and colleagues and planning and building culture, I always say that's quality time. Well, again, congratulations. How how does one become a top 25 executive? Like, what did you have to do? <laughs> exactly. I think work hard, make some noise, and uh, someone noticed. So Ooh. didn't even know that that was coming and, until it happened. And uh once again, it's something that I took a, or take a lot of pride in because yeah. I know there's some high flying executives in D.C. That's a city that's always on the move. And, you know, certainly to be recognized and to be in retail and yeah. convenience retail um, and to be noticed. I think that's huge. So very proud of that achievement. And for Yesway, you said it best. You guys are constantly on the move in terms of being on trend and making sure that you are ahead of your competitors. And I know that there are tons of acquisitions that are going on yep. in, in the space. So, so tell me about, about that world. What's going on in the convenience store world? Yeah, um, I, I think several things. Uh, one is that more people are discovering that convenience is recession resilient, if not mm-hmm. proof. Um, I've been in this space for 20 plus years. I hate to date myself and it even <laughs> sounds crazy saying that. But, you know, one commonality has been in good times and bad times. It's like the little engine that keeps on chugging. I think that's largely due to being focused on local communities. So convenience stores at their core are about the communities and the corners that they serve. You know, even going back to my roots in D.C., Mm -hmm. you know, from my youngest days, I can remember making the solo trip to the convenience store. Yeah. Having a couple of dollars in your pocket and being able to buy sundries or anything. (laughs) Um, You know, fast forwarding to to Yesway and I joined um, over five years ago now. um, 
we have a visionary CEO. Uh, he is from a private equity banking background, Tom Turkla. Okay. And the thing about Tom that really stands out is he conscientiously sought out to do exactly what he's doing. And I remember when he first reached out to me about the opportunity and what he was trying to build, yeah. I had skepticism. I mean, I've been <laughs> in this space and I was just like, uh, I'm not sure uh-huh. you understand how this works. You can't just say I'm going to build a chain and it's going to be one of the best in class in a matter of a few short years. You know, I had worked for Rudders, which, you know, has... Okay. Uh, history that dates back to the 1700s out of central Pennsylvania. I mean, it was land deeded by William Penn um, to Andrew Rudder that, you know, it was 11 generations. I want to say that the Rudders family has done their thing from dairy farm to dairy business to yeah. convenience stores. You look at companies like Wawa or Sheets or mm-hmm. 7-Eleven or, you know, my prior company, Giant Eagle and Gecko. I mean, some of those are 50, 60, 100 year old chains. And it's not an accident that they are as successful as they are. It took decades and sophistication and investing in their brand and their marketing and their merchandising. And so for, you know, Tom Turkle and a Brookwood team to achieve this in such short order took courage. It it took, you know, just almost sheer conviction in the face of people saying what you can't do (laughs) and making it happen. And, you know, when I came on board, um, you know, I was surprised at the level of uh, support he was willing to give me and team. And, you know, when you could make a case grounded in ROI or quantifiably something that that tangible he could put his hands on, he would help eliminate barriers. And, you know, I fast forward and you know, part of our um, tagline was say yes to convenience. Mm-hmm. So we chose to do this business. We were positive and affirmative in saying that we're going to build something. And, you know, we've added the say yes to winning on it because, you know, we've created this almost meritocracy culture where we work hard, we have mm-hmm. fun, people want to be a part of it. And to your point, we're making noise, making waves, and we're getting it done. And so a lot of the suppliers have been surprised at the progress in such a short time frame. Mm -hmm. And it is motivating. It's certainly motivating to me and then to my merchandising, my marketing, my price book, loyalty, brand team. Um, I keep telling them how fortunate we are to be able to do what we're doing. And as you are astutely noticing, this year is starting to be the year of M&A activity. I mean, you <sighs> see it from come and go to, you know, MAPCO and just not a week goes by that some company isn't buying another one. And yeah. that's how we got into the space. We started by buying a handful of stores and we've cobbled and then started building stores. And here we are. And I think others are finally noticing that this is a vibrant space. And I think you said it best. I remember too being younger and walking up and being like, I have five bucks. What can I get with this? I want to get gum. I want some soda pop. And you feel good from it. And it carries you on. Like you remember that brand of, you know, the convenience store that you visited. And so nowadays, I guess I'm worried for my kids because of pricing. Because everything's going up and I want them to have the same experience when they go in and they say, oh, mom, can I have these chips and this and that? Does your team play around with private label and own brands a lot? Great question. Um, I I literally had a team meeting this morning Uh and that has been our theme for the greater part of the past five years of my journey here. Yeah. Three of the strategic pillars that we've built our brand on. uh, One is loyalty Uh and having a loyalty and customer engagement platform that unifies the stores. 
The other is food service. And so you've heard the world famous bur- burritos that we sell. Yes. Yeah. Branded. And we have introduced the Allsup's burritos inside of Yesway stores. So all of our stores have that. And the third, and I would argue probably one of the most pivotal has been private label or own brands. So that helped us as, you know, we had 40 stores and we were working on private label products. So we spanned the whole spectrum from, you know, milk is also branded. We have bread and eggs and fill in perishable fresh groceries. But then we also have bottled water and juices and teas and packaged beverages and snacks and gummy worms and candy bars and potato chips and you name it. And so have tried to really punch above our weight class. My grocery background with Giant Eagle, I realized how instrumental and important to the value tier of the consumer base that private label can be. I think we also look globally. And when you look at some of the world's leading retailers, the Tesco's and the Aldi's of the world, they sometimes will have as much as 50% plus of their merchandise mix being private label. And I think to your point, in these inflationary times, it's good leverage. Yeah. So, you know, I can't control what my suppliers do. I negotiate. I try to be the champion of the customer and the consumer to keep value in our channel. Um, when I work for Nax, one of the things that Nax really takes seriously is can we get equitable treatment as a channel and not mm-hmm. subsidize others? You know, 10 years ago, we were saying, if I'm forced to have higher cost of goods so Walmart can have lower, how is that fair? You know, yeah. I'm now subsidizing the Walmart shopper so they can be perceived as having low prices. And I'm now perceived as having insult pricing. So I think many convenience chains have tried our best to make sure that it's equitable and it's fair. You know, some categories, it's legally mandated mm-hmm. beer being a perfect case, right? By law, uh, you know, Budweiser or Miller Coors, Molson, Heineken, Dos Equis, those Modelo, those brands, the price or the cost that they sell to me is the same cost that they're selling to uh, individual operator, to Giant Eagle, to yeah. Walmart, Target, you name it. Other categories, not so much. So I think that's where private label helps, that when a manufacturer of a national global brand is increasing their cost of goods in my stores. If I have the leverage of private label and I can work with my supply chain to deliver value, consumers love it. And we are seeing that, you know, throughout COVID, our private label has continued to just blossom. We have 300 plus SKUs. And I think the other good thing is it builds the brand. If you start getting signature snacks and flavors, People know I can only go to Yesway to get that. And that's a really uh, positive thing for us. And I think even post-COVID, right, I think a lot of us got uncomfortable and then comfortable again with going back to stores. And we weren't able to go shopping in the stores or in the convenience store. And now we get to go back in with fresh eyes. I'm looking at everything. I'm scanning every item with my eyes like, ooh, that looks delicious. And (laughs) I have to try it. And then a lot of them are privately owned private label and I'm willing to try it and I love the prices for it. And if it's good, if it's quality product, I'm going to go back every single time. I'm not even really looking at the branded anymore. So I think that's a huge market um, that we're only going to see trending upward. I could not agree more. And I, I think the insight that you touched on is you had a consumer 
that was fatigued with shopping from home and being cooped up. And now that they're back out and on the go, um, you know, the return of merchandising and the relevance that that has, it cannot be understated. You know, people want a curated journey. They want food pairings and adjacencies. They want to discover things. Mm -hmm. And so if you can deliver value while also giving them unique points of difference, it is a win. Huge win. And that brings me to the storefront, right? We're seeing a lot of stores are doing remodels and making sure that there's a freshness and something cool so that when consumers come in, it looks a little bit different and they're like, okay, let me, let me continue this journey and really explore. So how, how are you doing in that area of remodels and yes. changing it up? That's been keeping me busy. And I, I, I think to your earlier point, that is part of our DNA. And I mm -hmm. think Tom Turkla and the team at Brookwood, they understood if we purchase these stores and we show the communities by our spending and we remodel and we reinvest and we unify with a Yesway brand or an Allsup's brand, we'll get credit. And, mm -hmm. and by credit, that means that the consumer with their pocketbooks and their wallets will reward us with their loyalty. So I think you are absolutely on to something. The retailers that are showing that they care and reinvesting in the communities that they serve and putting their money where their mouths are by rebranding or just reorienting the layout and the interior merchandise. You even see it in, you know, big box retailers. I mean, every yeah. big box retailer is adding curbside, mm -hmm. making it easier to do business with them. If you return a product, you can now do that curbside. So yeah, you may want to go in a store, you may not, but I think it's the consumer being put first and retailers understanding if I can reinvest and remodel, mm -hmm. I will be rewarded with that share of wallet. So what would you say as the chief marketing officer, what's the hardest part of your job? I think the hardest part is realizing that you'll never be done, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm a finisher. <laughs> so I love <laughs> to finish what I start. That's how yep. I raise my kids. That's how I approach work. You know, one of my life mottos is strive for excellence. Mm -hmm. And so the the pursuit of excellence never ends. So I think okay. that's, while it's hard, it's also part of what keeps me going. But when you prioritize, you know, I jokingly will tell my team, I'm, I'll, I'll say something like there's 24 hours in a day, feel free to use them all. Yeah. Because we know there's never enough time to get never. the list of priorities and projects. And so I think, what I love about retail and what I love about my job in particular is every day is different. Yeah. Every challenge will test me and require a different skill set for me to try to solve it. And it never ends. And so from some aspects, you know, I've accepted a life where you have to always be on. Mm -hmm. It sounds insane. And people talking about a work life balance and all of this stuff. And, you know, when I was going through COVID, you know, I realized how blessed I truly am because yeah. our store team members didn't have a choice um, for us to keep stores open meant they were literally risking their lives. People were scared and didn't know what was going on. They showed up. They were on the front lines. They were stocking shelves, engaging with consumers and customers. And, you know, we fuel the police and the fire departments. We fuel first responders and ambulances. When the world closed, we stayed open. So I take that to heart. And, you know, if it means that, you know, I have to get certain things done, there's this relentless almost fire that burns that 
um, is is tough for me to silence or tough for me to quell. So it's hard to turn off. I, <laughs> I, I would say that's the that's the hardest thing about the job is that it truly never ends. I'm so glad you said that because associates, right? That's a big topic too, of making sure that the people that are in the trenches are, that they know their value and that they are recognized for everything that they do. And I think sometimes with leadership, we forget and we're on hundred percent. And yet we've got associates that are looking up and like, well, if they're not going to turn it off, how do I go to my kids play or take time off for me or have that life work balance? So I love that you note that that's of importance. Yep. Um, how, how do you recognize your staff? Like how, how do you yeah. guys lift them up and keep them going and recognize all their amazingness? Yeah, Stephanie. I mean, you have nailed it. I, I know my personal blind spot. And so I'll even tell my team, um, I know you may see me sending emails at ungodly hours. Yeah. Please <laughs> do not think that's me Don't saying respond, right? It, family comes first mm-hmm. because I need you to bring your whole best self to work. So I and we, the company, can get the best out of you. Even the notion in some ways of diversity, equity, and inclusion to me yeah. involves that. It's I want you to be real. So I'm mm-hmm. real with them. I'll share personal successes and wins and failures as well and be vulnerable. And, and so, you know, if you're having a bad day because of something at home, you may not get into the intimate details, yeah. but you know, if there's a death in the family or something along those lines, I will be vulnerable and I will share that. And I'll say, I'll need you to back me up and support me in case I crumble or in case I can't rise to that particular moment. Here's what's happening and why. Yeah. Um, I think the second piece of that is I try to get to know them. So anyone on my team, I want to know their spouse, their family, their kids, and I want to have a real interest. I, I think, you know, I learned early on the leadership that you don't turn it on and off, that if you really care about a person, you can get more out of them and you'll invest more in them. That's part of being a leader. And if that happens, you understand things. And so if it's a Friday afternoon, and I can tell someone is, you know, dying to say something I'm like what's going on. And if they're, Hey, my kid has a play, like, why are you even still here? I mean, honestly, I don't keep count at eight o'clock at night when you're in the store or when you're sending emails. And so, you know, I have subscribed to results oriented work. If you can get it done. Um, you know, I'm not going to keep score. I'm not going to count the hours and be a clock watcher and say, well, you're the first to leave the last mm-hmm. to leave all those kinds of things or first to show up rather last to leave. But I will say, you know, can I see the results? Am I seeing you making progress against the projects, initiatives, and priorities? I think celebrating successes is important to create that culture of winning. Absolutely. The whole say yes to winning. And, you know, another thing that we'll say is win with winners. Like if we have a winning supplier partner, we align ourselves with them and we celebrate that. And to me, that is mission critical to your question around how do I make sure that they understand that, you know, personal life or family and those kinds of things take priority. It's celebrating Mm -hmm. every day or the little things and the big things. Try to be spontaneous, right? There's sometimes that we may have a happy hour or, um, you know, we may dismiss folks on a Friday afternoon because it's beautiful out and it's, Hey, go home or go, go to your kids and go do these things. Um, and I also try to model it. And, and, and so I'm saying, you know, text me, call me, doesn't matter. If it's six in the morning, you're not feeling well, 
I'm not going to judge you. You know, if you make a habit and it becomes a pattern and it's yeah. <laughs> every Monday you're weirdly sick, <laughs> then we'll have that conversation. But, you know, people, I think that they respect when you empower them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that I try to do because going back to the point of n- the never ending quest and having too many things to get through, if I don't empower people to solve their categories, their jobs, yeah. their marketing challenges, um, I'm going to fail. You know, any win that I have, I know darn well it has less to do with me and everything about the team. So when I get an accolade, I know it's not about me. It's the team that makes it happen because, yeah, I could work 24 seven and 365. But again, one person can only do so much. If you want to go farther, you have to do it together. You have to. And I love that extension. And it really humanizes. I think sometimes this industry, it just gets you, you just keep going on this cycle and you have to take a pause and you have to say there are all these different personalities and people who are helping support these pillars and make make commerce happen. And I think that that's why ASD Market Week has specifically created this, this podcast, because there's some great stories out there. And we, there's so many different categories on the retail space yes, and it's different, but at the same time, it's aligned because private label is important for convenience store. It's important for grocery stores. It's important for every type of business that's going on right now. And I love that you recognize it. You support the teams um, and at the same time, you're not afraid to have that conversation of you're not doing your job, but we're, we're going to guide you. We're going to give you a chance. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't start doing what you need to do, like we, we got to let you go. So you protect your core by doing that. You make sure that you have yeah. the best players in place. And I think ultimately your consumers appreciate that because they see those employees every day and they say this is the gold standard. We've got some great people that are helping us get what we need so we can get in, get out and, you know, go on with our lives. Love that. Absolutely. So I am very, very um, excited. You've got a couple of buyers that are coming out. You might be coming out for ASD Market Week this (laughs) August in Las Vegas. We're going to have a few keynote uh, sessions. Derek will join me on the stage. We're going to make it amazing. So um, make sure that you put it on your calendars. Meanwhile, if anyone wants to learn more or connect with Yesway, what's the best way for them to do it? So certainly follow us on all of the social channels. Uh, We're on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even TikTok. I'm trying to keep up with my marketing team. So we are journeying and figuring all of that out, just like many other leading brands are. Uh, We have our website, uh, so yesway.com or allsips.com. Uh, with e-commerce stores, so you can buy some general merchandise and some branded apparel and swag. And going to be our world famous burritos will also be for sale on our websites. Um, I have to so, try that burrito. Yes. I mean, I've heard so much about it. I'm going to make a drive just to have the burrito. <laughs> Absolutely, and then we obviously with all the digital, mobile, social, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I name loyalty program, our app. Check us out in the stores. That's where the magic happens. That's where the registers ring. And we're up to, like I said, 440 of them. Very proud of the Yes Way team from the leadership all the way down to the latest, you know, newest hire that we have in the stores. Uh, We are building something special here. And we can see it. So I am so happy that you and I got to chat today. I can't wait for our next chapter. But thank you so much, Derek, for joining us. And for all those listening, stay tuned for our next session in Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk a Little Shop. 
For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or Spotify. And you can help us grow our reach by simply giving us a like, share with friends, comment, and of course, we love positive ratings. Till next time, stay on trend.